0: Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate.
1: Well, season three of the People of Packaging podcast has been a season of firsts. This episode with Jib Hunt, who is the CEO of Kemper Snowboards, is the first professional athlete who then became a designer and marketer with packaging and now bought and is reviving this brand, Kemper Snowboards. Super fascinating conversation. It's also... The first time that we have had a sponsor, and we have been so fortunate and so blessed by the folks over at Doxalent. Uh, you should go to peopleofpackaging.com, so that's www.peopleofpackaging.com, where you can get your free ebook and transform the way that you work with your packaging specification management, just like Jib and Kemper are transforming the snowboard game. You can have that transformation at your job and with your company. So, get your, your specifications done right uh, with Doxalent. So, go to www.peopleofpackaging.com and get that free ebook. It really helps out our podcast to be able to keep cranking out these episodes with this killer content. And without further ado, let's get to Jib Hunt, CEO of Kemper Snowboards. So I am super excited uh, as a now proud, what would I be, uh, a shareholder, investor in Kemper Snowboards. Is that how, what, what's, the, what's the preferred vernacular for somebody who went through uh, the, the uh, was it Start Engine? Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, Start Engine. Yeah. yeah. Share, shareholder, equity
1: owner. Equity owner. Sounds so cool. Uh, as yeah, a crowd yeah. equity owner at Kemper, uh, I get to sit down uh, virtually, and hopefully soon in person, up in beautiful Park City with uh, the CEO of Kemper Snowboards, Jib Hunt. So, Jib, hey, welcome to your your most famous moment uh, on a packaging podcast.
0: Awesome! Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you are you are officially the first. Uh, I think this is true. The first former professional athlete that we've had on on our podcast. There's not really a big crossover between like professional athletes and packaging, though I'm sure it exists out there somewhere. But um, so I'm excited to hear about your journey and how it's sort of interacted with packaging, uh, just not even at Kemper, but just kind of in your in your history, and then just really digging into the. The rebirth of the brand and how exciting it is and, and the cool stuff that you guys have planned for 2021 and beyond. So um, why don't you just introduce yourself and kind of give everyone who's listening a, a little bit of a background as to who you are and um, we'll, then we'll, we'll get into Kemper.
0: Awesome. So my name is Jib Hunt. I'm the CEO of Kemper Snowboards. I am from Northern New Hampshire, originally born and raised there. It's where I learned how to ski when I was three. And when I was 12, I switched over to snowboarding and never looked back. And that was back in 1987. And yeah, I was, uh, my friends and I picked it up pretty quickly and we pushed each other. That's kind of the way it worked back then because we were pioneering the sport in our area. And um Yeah. So I became a sponsored amateur rider, which turned into being a sponsored professional rider for five years. And for the record, um, I'm more of a professional designer and marketer. I've got more years doing that than snowboarding, uh, professionally. So that relates a little more to packaging, but, um, I went to school for design while I was touring the world, snowboarding and getting paid for that. And, uh, When college was over, I had an opportunity to actually pack my bags and go right up to Burlington, Vermont and work at Burton. And I was the design director there for all the soft goods and apparel for five years. And then after that, I uh, moved down to New York City. I was recruited by Virgin Mobile USA. So I helped them launch the brand in the U.S. with a team of other creatives and marketers. And from there, I actually went back into um, apparel, working with a lot of New York City streetwear brands, licensed apparel brands. And eventually, I morphed into um, marketing, running global marketing for ad tech companies like MediaMath and Seismic and Ghostry, uh, which is an online privacy company. And living... Lived in the city for a while and then moved out to New Jersey um, when I started having uh, family and all along been snowboarding the whole time. It was driving four hours, six hours to go to back to my parents in New Hampshire, and um, we're just kind of get commuting three hours a day round trip, and we just kind of got sick of that. And we wanted to do something different, and at the same time, I was getting the itch to get back into snowboarding and I had an opportunity to revive Kemper, which was actually the second board I ever rode um, and moved out to park city uh, almost two, two years ago.
1: Awesome. Well, I barely beat you out here. I moved out about three years ago from Colorado. Uh, but it's been, it's been great uh, being out here in Utah. So, and you know, what I just realized is, uh, I, I had introduced you via, uh, was it via email? I don't even remember. Uh, but my, my boss who was a professional snowboarder and is now in the packaging industry who has never had on the podcast, he's going to be like, why you could have just talked to me. Um, and he actually, I think he, uh, he rode for Burton uh, in the late eighties. So, and has told me some, I'm I'm excited to just be a fly on the wall uh, when eventually we can get up to park city and, and have an adult beverage yeah. or two and hear the stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, I rem- yeah, your your boss's last name is Sims, which was back in the day, um, in the late '80s, early '90s. It was Burton, Sims, and Kemper were the top three brands, and um, I guess you know, he, he, Jake must have uh, pulled his heartstrings better than Tom Sims. Um,
1: but yeah, uh, I'm yeah. not, I, I can't, I can't speak to how, however, all that went down. But I, that was actually the first question I had when he was like, "Yeah, I rode for Burton." I'm like, "Your last name Sims? How did that?" How did that not, that seems like a pretty easy match. Like, yeah, yeah. um,
0: But his, his buddy, Adam Merriman was a team rider for Kemper back then.
1: Got it. So Got it.
0: That's kind of how this all intertwines.
1: That's cool. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's, I I would imagine that the cross section between, um, you know, professional riders in the eighties. Who are still, you know, kind of around the industry today is probably, you know, decently small. Um, I'm sure it's still, you know, there's still a lot of people, but it was such a small niche industry back then, um, and it's obviously exploded now. It's nothing but a niche industry any longer. You know, it's a, like, like you said, you guys kind of helped pioneer it, and um, what was that like? so you had mentioned you were, you were getting your design degree and I'm excited to get into the packaging component, but I want to land on this for a second, because I'm curious when you're touring the world with this, you know, sort of new sport, first of all, what sorts of events were happening? I think a lot of us who grew, like I grew up in, I grew, I started snowboarding in 1999 when I was 19 years old. So I was you know, I, it it was already decently established by then. Right. Um, so when you show up somewhere in Europe or, you know, a place like that and it's this weird kind of industry, I, I just, even in the, even in the late nineties, it was just like, Oh, they're t- destroying the mountain and they're doing all this stuff. And like skiing is the only pure sport. What was that like? I, you know, were, were people coming out, were they intrigued? Were they upset? Were there people yelling at you? Um,
0: Uh, take a trip down memory lane (laughs) yeah i mean skateboarding went through the same thing um yeah when it was new um when snowboarding was new it was uh it was like five or six of us my friends we were the the one only ones doing it on our mountain um which is cranmore mountain in north Conway, new hampshire and yeah we were you know so different um, you know it's kind of like oh here come the snowboarder punks but you know we were building jumps on the trails and hiking and and eventually we talked the mountain into um, uh, giving us an area for a half pipe and we actually had to dig it all by hand where now it's you know <laughs> perfectly cut with a pipe dragon um, none of that existed back then um, and yeah so you know over and that was the way it was you know for everyone at that time is um just having to um you know the criticism from the 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 skiers at that time who you know didn't believe in it and that's you know not putting down skiers because honestly it's i think it's just the people that are just not were not open-minded at all i mean i i say this all the time there's there's uh, skiers and snowboarders. I, I prefer not to hang around or ride next to um, it's just comes down to who the person is. Like I've had some of the most fun days, you know, right alongside a skier. So it's, it's not like right. that. It's just who, who embraced it and, and who didn't back then. But um, yeah, the events and everything, it was fun because <clears throat> when the company started um you know, realizing they were making money at it and we were getting to have fun at their expense, go to events, big air events. We um I remember being in San Francisco in the summertime because we I would coach up at Mount Hood, all the camps were up there, and a bunch of us pros all went down to San Francisco and we were they made us a big air jump. You know, they blew snow and it was during like a, a rock concert, like a legitimate like real bands Hmm. it's like a summer like almost like a Lollapalooza type setup but we were a snowboard jump in the middle of all that
1: that's crazy and that that was fun yeah and that was the kind of those are the sort of events that you did were like big air what's what's the coolest trick you ever you've ever landed
0: oh man um yeah so i did i did big air i did half pipe i did slope style and then i also did border cross oh wow which is where six uh snowboarders go down the track at the same time it's in the olympics um and back back when i was riding too this was all pre x games pre olympics um the x games just kind of started right when i switched over to working at burton um, but back then yeah there wasn't really it was more about spinning some guys were flipping but i was it was more about uh spinning so like 720 was kind of like the extent of it back then yeah um and you know and grabbing and just having good style i mean it's you know way beyond that these days you know you know people spinning 1080s and 1440s with you know flipping two grabs in there
1: (laughs) it's nuts yeah i totally i totally agree and uh, and I recently saw that, uh, maybe one of the most famous snowboarders, it, it, you could probably take maybe out, uh, Sean White was riding a Kemper board, right? Um, up in.
0: Yeah. Uh, right now. Jackson hole.
1: Jackson hole. That's what it was.
0: Yeah. It was a couple of weeks back, um, in February and, uh, what was going on? Um, another really good pro snowboarder, his name's Travis Rice. He's known for big mountain riding. He's based out of Jackson Hole. He um, created this event called Natural Selection where they'd go up in the summertime and they'd build all these jumps out of wood and basically this course. And then c- come wintertime, it's all powder and snow and um, riders would would go through it and do the tricks and they get judged. Um, so that was going on that was one thing uh it, it it dumped snow for like three days so i was riding like knee-deep powder
1: Oh, that's awesome!
0: because uh, i went up there for a couple days and then um uh yeah sean is a free agent and um his, his agent is a friend of mine and he wanted to to try a powder board while he was up there because he's you know he's always in the half pipe and it's a totally different board so um we were able to get him one and he wrote it for a week and it looked like he had a lot of fun on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's, uh, so uh, let's engage the, kind of the marketing and designer person. So you, uh, you decide you're going to get out of call it like the rat race of going to the city, you know, three hour commutes, all that sort of stuff. And, and return back to this passion of snowboarding. So what was it about Kemper that made you think we, we've we can do something here. I think we might have something with, with this brand.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, um, so the company, a couple of the companies that are still around and they've been been around since the beginning, like GNU and LibTech and, and Burton, for example, they, they would bring back some of their old graphics as limited releases. And, So a lot of people, you know, 35 and older who were young enough to own the original board, you know, now they have, you know, more money and they can pick up that extra board and they might just hang it on their wall and never ride it. Um, So that was going on. Um, In addition to that, there are um, many groups on Facebook, you know, with 10,000 plus members per group that buy, sell, collect, and trade all the old boards. Um, Basically, they're, you know, some people have hundreds of boards, and Hmm. um, they just, it's like collecting baseball cards, and a lot of people are, like myself, I never kept any of my original boards, I sold them or gave them away, and looking back, you know, it's like Star Wars, You, you wish you kept all your original toys is worth money and same thing with snowboarding so people are like going to play it against sports, um and yard sales trying to find these boards and just finding like you know these amazing classic original boards so that kind of um uh piqued my interest and then also sims um came back Mm -hmm. and um they went through a couple different um, owners or just directions and I'm like well I think I could do this better I'm sure you know there's some brands out there and so I just researched you know I knew all the brands and researched which ones um, might be able to get my hands on and the trademark for and um, I was able to pull it off with Kemper and actually it was just like I said it was one of the top three brands and mm-hmm back then i rode one and i just think that in general snowboarding had gotten stale and a little bit boring over the years um not the act of actually riding the board that's always fun but the industry you know needed a little something different
1: yeah no and no that's doubt. why
0: and that's why you know you saw it when your son um, was in the lift line and everyone's like stopping him asking about a Kemper. Cause they probably had one when they were younger and, you know, it was like, took them back 20, 30 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What Jib's referring to is uh, kind of before the call, I was letting him know. So, uh, my, my son's 13 is super just like gotten a snowboard bug and it's been cool. And, uh, so I, I got him a Kemper board and he, it there is a level of confidence I think that comes from um that comes from having kind of a new board that people are like, hey, that's that's really cool. Cause his his ability, like he became a better snowboarder, but I think a lot of it was just mental. You know, he went from like his his little beginner board that we got him when he was like 10. Now he's like an adult human. He's like five foot ten. And at the time he was, he was smaller. So he was writing the small board and now he's on like this, his big boy board. But you couple that with like, we go up to snow basin and, you know, there were, there were four or five people the last time we went up there who were like, Oh man, where'd you like asking him like that, that board's so dope. Where'd you get it? Um, And it was that it's that nostalgia and, you know, really the timing, when you kind of look at where um, you're seeing a lot of things like I I saw like Animaniacs came back and like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is, you know, like it's back with clothes. And I bought a pair of Zubaz pants the other day because those were now a thing again. And it's just sort of like that late 80s, early 90s nostalgia because you're right. You know, I'm 40 and I certainly have more disposable income today than when I was 20. So if, if it had, if it had been 20 years ago, it wouldn't a be nostalgic. It'd be kind of like, uh, that's my parents board. You know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have had the same sort of appeal that I think it does now where you've got like from sneakers to apparel to, you know, snowboarding and, and on and on and on. It's like technology is increasing, but I'm just waiting for like the Zach Morris saved by the bell phone to come back, just see people yeah. walking around with you know, these big giants. Yeah. Phones. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, the other weird thing is about snowboarding is um, <clears throat> even, even the generation that's a little bit older than me, like, for example, like um, Jake Burton, who passed away a couple of years, he would have been in his mid sixties and his, he's got three boys and they're all in their late twenties. And even though i'm forty five I'm twenty years younger than Jake, I have kids, but Jake and I are in the same category where we're the first generation where we have kids that snowboard right There was no one ahead of us great like my point. my parents didn't snowboard they skied and um so it's it is a little bit it's it's kind of funny like I started snowboarding in 1987 and that's, uh, you know, over 30 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, that's such a great point though, that this is the first, like our, our kids, whatever that is, Gen V or whatever in younger, that's kind of the first like multi-generation where it's like, yeah, I grew up snowboarding and I love going snowboarding with my kids and I'm teaching all my kids how to snowboard. My wife snowboarded so we grew up in Colorado. So that's like what we love to go do is take our kids up and go snowboarding. And some of them are really young, you know, our five-year-olds still trying to figure it out, but it's just so cool. You know, it's, and, but I, up until this moment, I'd never actually thought like, Oh, this is, this is the first time this has happened. You know, like our generation yeah, is, is really like, there's no, like, there's probably really few, like grandparents who are snowboarding with their grandkids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there might be someone, you know, that had kids younger or like in their sixties, like that, that could happen, but there could be the second or third generation snowboarding. But, but basically, yeah, it's like, we help shape the sport. Right. Anyone that snowboarded back then or started snowboarding back then. Um, yeah, and, and the other thing is, like, honestly, like, um, the, the teenagers and 20 year olds snowboarding now, they don't really have any idea, like, about the history of the snowboarding and all the riders and players. Um, I mean, there were a handful of snowboard, you know, a small amount of hand, uh, snowboard companies when it first started. It blew up in the late 90s early 2000s to like mm-hmm. over 200 snowboard brands Jeez. and then it consolidated way down and you know for the past i don't know uh, call it 10 years there's, it's it's been you know all the brands that have been left over uh, some other ones newer ones have popped up like net new companies and then obviously we brought back kemper so now we're added to the mix but um it it really got big and then it it tightened up again
1: yeah that makes sense so in within this this kind of market space uh you're a you're a marketing and design person it seems like your you know sort of your venn diagram has connected a little bit where you can connect your passion with your professional expertise um which is is is, is incredible. So within this space, you've got Kemper, you know, kind of right in the middle of these, of these two uh, connections. And within that, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Obviously you're the CEO of a company. Do you guys have uh, many employees?
0: No, it, 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 was just me for huh? the past two and a half, three years. And then I literally just hired employee number one um, last month.
1: Cool. Well, congratulations. I mean, that's like that I I've done a fair amount of just like business study, like the study of businesses just in my, and I don't think people fully appreciate how hard it is to go from like one to two people. Um, it's a big, like that's a, that's, that's a big step in a, in the development of a company. So that's incredible. Congratulations. Um, thanks.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of like having a kid in a way, right? Um, you know, you're just like taking care of yourself and, you know, you have a, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend or your spouse. And it's like, all right, like if I had to, I'll, you know, sleep in my car. But once you, once you have your first kid, you're like, I got to worry about um, someone else other than myself now. Right. And, and it's, Kind of the same thing, you know, with a company is like, you know, you want to hire good people, you want to keep them, but ultimately you want to make the right decisions for the company and you know your the well-being of your employees too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um so as you're you've done you've got products that are out there. Uh we've we've talked a little bit about how you have a background in design and packaging. And, you know, it's, it's this new, fresh brand. It's exciting. People are getting nostalgic about it. Um, I'm curious, what is the role or, or do you, do you find yourself like waking up at 2am thinking about your, your, the packaging of your product or like what role does, does packaging play in the importance of, you know, not only a snowboard, um, but also you've got apparel, you've got decals, you know, you've got some other products coming out, I'm sure that are in the product mix for 2021 and beyond. Um, how, how much do you think about packaging as the CEO of, of this rebranded resuscitated company?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, um, the brand branding of the brand is super important. So, how do you make everything look like Kemper at the end of the day, whether it's a keychain all the way to a snowboard? Um, and you know, to a certain extent, snowboards with their graphics, you know that's kind of the packaging, the wrap on the graphic, and that's usually what draws someone to a board and then obviously it comes down to the quality construction, what type of board, and what type of rider they are but you know, even the snowboards have packaging. Um, every, every board has a, um, uh, we call them a silent salesman card, which is stuck on the base of the board at the store and it has all the tech specs and the story behind the board. So literally it's selling you as you read that, You know, so you take it to the, the cash register. Um, and so that's part of it. Um, you know, the boards are shrink-wrapped. Um and then there's barcode stickers and there's even um ambassador stickers applied to that to get them to join the Kemper crew, mm-hmm. which is our ambassador program. And then that is put into a zipper bag for more production. And even when we when we ship um boards to shops or e-commerce, our, our snowboard boxes, uh which is your son received one, you know, they're fully printed with a graphic and Kemper. So, I mean, that right there is just, you know, just a snowboard. So it's, there is packaging and, and thought put around it. And then that just trickles into other items um, we're working on it for next year. We're going to have bindings and split board skins, which will all come in cardboard boxes. And those have to be aesthetically um, linked in with the, the Kemper look and feel and hang tags on apparel so and um, I was what I was saying before we hit record you know even the Kemper store like when you walk in there everything has to kind of work together and look and feel the same so um, yeah packaging is 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 definitely um, important and there's a lot of considerations even at retail is you know what's going to grab someone's attention what is it a cool unique way to package the product can they take the product out of the packaging and and touch and feel it and then how do you get it back can you get it back in the box so that you know it looks nice for the next person that comes up and sees it so there's all that stuff in the back of my mind that if i'm not doing it today we'll be doing it eventually and you know that's it's all important and quality and unique designs um it's all it's all wrapped into that process for
1: sure so the you kind of hit on a couple of topics that that come up you know understandably fairly frequently uh, on our podcast and 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 it's sort of balancing these these components of packaging as functional and packaging as branding and what what is you mean you you can't you can't afford to have a board scratched or nicked or broken when it's shipping i mean the these boards are I, I don't mean to say like you know if you're shipping a bag of chips yeah it's important but if the bag of chips shows up crumbled you just ship them another bag of chips yeah that sucks but you know these are 6 700 dollar boards in some cases and you know if that gets damaged that's a that comes right out of your employees, your second employee's salary potentially, right? Like there's a lot of, that's, that's a hard hit for any company, especially as a small company. So, you know, packaging as like protected insurance for, is most of your business, by the way, uh, direct to consumer just through e-commerce or is it a little it's, bit of both?
0: It's a little, I mean, we're doing a lot with, um, our distributors and, um, our, wholesale retail partners it's about it's growing um let say maybe it's about 20 25 percent direct to consumer it's okay 25 but um yeah and like i mean we made some moves this year um instead of you because when you when you pack a board in a box usually you have like foam end caps to cover the tip and tail and then you can put some in the middle what we did this year was we went a little more, um, environmentally friendly. And we, we made the end caps out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we weren't, we weren't using foam, but, and, um, uh, that was one way to, you know, rethink it a little bit differently than, uh, we're still protecting the board, but we're hopefully helping save the planet a little bit at the same time.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. actually, I noticed that, uh, when, when AJ was opening his up, Uh, so that's, that's cool. And then as you are, so as, as you're kind of growing, how many is it, was this kind of your first official like snowboard season that you were really up and going, or was it the second or where, where was, where, where does 2020, 2021 fall?
0: Yeah. So, uh, 2018, I started putting this all together in the summertime and i got some boards and i only sold direct in the winter of 2018 so it wasn't really like a full winter last winter which was 1920 we were out here in park city and we were you know that's officially like i'd call it year one this winter is officially like year two where we were, got it you know we we're up and running and we're we're doing it so now going into and we're already producing boards for next winter already so that's cool that's exciting 21 22 will be like our first legit third winter
1: cool um let me ask one more question on the packaging and then we'll we'll kind of wrap it up so when it comes to your like the color schemes obviously the there there's a lot of like it seems like you're holding the nostalgia from the original, especially on the boards and even the, you know, the gator and the socks. And I'm trying to think of what whether, what other, other products you guys have um, you're, you're sort of holding that, that color scheme and that nostalgia. Um, is that, is that still kind of the plan as it, as it translates into your retail packaging and direct to consumer packaging and, you know, even thinking about selling products on, you know, through your website and having, you know, good product images and packaging images. Is that at, from a marketing standpoint, is that a big part of um, of the Kemper brand is holding those color schemes, holding those patterns and the big, bold colors? And um, I even think you connect it back to like this was actually, I think uh, AJ got Adam Merriman's old board. Um, yeah. It, so uh, is that is that still kind of going forward part of it? Or are you going to be looking to branch out into some other areas? You don't have to give away any secrets, but...
0: No, no, no. That's definitely, that's what makes us unique. I mean, it's the DNA of the Kemper brand. And yeah, next year we're, we're um, every model, we're bringing back um, one classic graphic per model where in the past two seasons we offered like multiple years of graphics per model. So next year it's one classic graphic per model. And then we have a new graphic, but it's still all neon, bright colors, retro looking, but it's a net new graphic. And got it. bindings will have, we're bringing back the original colorways when we do outerwear, we'll bring back the prints and the colors and, anor- and pull over anoraks. Um, And will my, my thought process is um, yeah, the retro trend might die down over the next three to five years, but it is going to be part of our DNA. So as we evolve, you know, there'll be new things, new graphics, but I think like that, you know, the pink blue and um, green Kemper three colors like we'll tie that through and and because yeah. that's that's kind of like what that's our thing is like we're 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 loud and bright but uh vivid colors um you know and it doesn't you know it could be any it doesn't matter really what the subject matter of the artwork is but if we apply like those colors you know and then we might like throw people off and do like you know a black board or something. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it will, that's part of our DNA and that's kind of what, that is what makes us different. And I think we'll figure out a way to keep that, that going.
1: You still get to do a lot of the, a a lot of the graphic design yourself.
0: I actually do all of it myself.
1: You do all of the graphic design. So you (laughs) are, you are sales marketing there's some accounting that's involved now Your hr because you got an employee you've got distribution operations supply chain uh what else what else would i be missing janitor i'm sure you got to clean yeah up after i was yourself. actually
0: i was actually mopping uh our new warehouse the other day because we we're setting it up <laughs> yeah no uh yeah design i mean design for me is the fun part and product to, you know the team writers um can product test um I have independent sales reps and distributors. They sell, but I don't have an in-house salesperson managing them yet, but I do have people out selling for me, but I am heavily, heavily involved. Um, yeah. And our, <clears throat> the new hire is taken a lot off my plate. His background is um, finance and operations. So cool. all the numbers and accounting and, you know, helping with shipping and Shopify and all the logistics of that. And, and then it's just another set of hands here. You know, we were we were uh, cutting plywood yesterday to make you know workstations for shipping, and you know, doing a lot of uh, hands-on stuff. Still setting up our yeah. new spot.
1: The, the adventures of uh, hopefully there are there are other small business owners out there who are like, yeah, I have. I have my actually my first job in packaging, I worked for my uncle uh, out in Carlsbad, California. It's, it's Peak Packaging Solutions, and Uh, I used to have to get back there and there was like three or four employees and, you know, I would, I was folding up boxes and putting together crates and loading them into the delivery truck. It was, it was all hands. And then it was like customer service and then you're doing procurement and it was sort of like all hands on deck. And, you know, for me, it was, it was such an incredible learning experience. And I'm sure for you, it's just been this this wild ride of, of learning and growing both personally and professionally and, you know, understanding what you're good at, what you stuck at, and then, you know, uh, yeah. hiring other people. And I can only imagine um, the journey that you're on and that you'll, you're going to continue to go on. So it's, uh, it's fun, yeah, fun to be a small part of it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, knowing how to do as many different parts of the business when it's your business like at the beginning you have to do it all and then when you when you can afford it you bring in people that are better than you and specialize in certain areas and yeah you can have your input on how you would like to have it done and they might have obviously ways they want to do it and make it even better and you got to be open to that but at the end of the day it's your business so you know you got to know um how everything should be done or um or keep your keep your eye on all the different parts of your business even though other people might be running it for you it's just you know good to just you know have your finger at least everything so you understand uh you know what's going on right
1: yeah no doubt um, well, Jim, how how do people again? If we're talking about cross sections, so hopefully there are packaging people who are designers or engineers or whatever, but who also love snowboarding, and they're like, "I totally loved Kemper growing up," or "I've never heard of this brand before," uh, and they want to go check out what you got going on. So, what's the best way for somebody to interact with your brand? You know, Instagram or website or uh, tell, tell, tell that person like, Hey, this is what you need to do.
0: Yeah. So I'd say the two, the website for sure, which is, uh, Kemper dash snowboard. So K E M P E R hyphen snowboards.com. You can see all the boards, uh, there and all the other items like apparel and, and accessories, and then definitely go to Instagram. Um, temper snowboards on Instagram. We have tons of photos of our, um, riders now and tons of photos of all the riders and boards from back in the day. So you can get the full flavor of and history of the brand and, um, you know, the differences between back then and now, but how it all connects.
1: Awesome. Well, we, we believe that packaging is awesome on our podcast. And I will say, if you want to if you want to go to the mountain and you want to ride and you want other people to be like, wow, that snowboard is awesome. Uh, couldn't, I, I, I saw it, you know, I've experienced it. So you guys have, you've done a great job designing it. Uh, the packaging was great. I've actually, I actually did an unboxing video, um, with my son when he was opening it up, um, just to kind of go through the experience. So that'll, that'll be, uh, right around the same time the podcast releases, um, awesome. so you can you can kind of share that so uh, yeah I'll, and i'll make sure all those links are put into the show notes so they can connect up um with the website and with the instagram page and uh jib Je- it's been awesome getting to chat with you um i hope it's the first of many because i think uh i think you've got a a great story and a cool brand and it's just getting started so uh best of luck to you and hopefully can make my way up I 80 and uh we can get we can get that beer soon
0: yeah. Awesome. I thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, actually my pass has uh, six days left at snow basin. So I could head up your way too.
1: Oh man, we should, yeah. we should, we could try to make that happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. So that'll do it for another episode of the people of packaging. Podcast. Huge thanks to Jib Hunt from Kemper Snowboards. Uh, If you go to their website, which is, uh, he said at the end, kemper snowboards.com, you can find the link in the bottom in the show notes. Uh, You can submit your email address and uh, get 10% off, at least as of this recording. So I don't know how long that'll last, but go ahead and get it done. Uh, There's still time during this season to be out there just riding a sweet snowboard, see some cool packaging. And uh, really just support a really awesome product. Uh, Another reminder to go to www.peopleofpackaging.com and get your free ebook. Uh, We've also, myself and Avelio Matos, have started the Packaging Tips newsletter, which is a daily email uh, with some packaging information. So you can go to www.packaging.tips and sign up there so lots of cool things get a snowboard get a free ebook and get signed up to get some packaging news delivered to you daily Uh, next week i'm going to be interviewing george dempsey from dempsey international and raptor packaging and it's going to be another good one thanks everybody